You're on SENZ. This is Phoenix Nation. Thanks to Oppo. And joining us from the airport as the team get ready to jet over to Sydney is Scott Wooten, uh, centre-back extraordinaire for the Wellington Phoenix. How are you doing, Scott? Yes, all good, thanks. Thanks, Ricardo. Yeah, and yeah, no, I'm looking forward to the game. Um, yeah, as you said, currently in the airport. But, um, yeah, looking forward to getting over there and, and it's a big game. Yeah, massive game, mate. Massive game. Uh, and one, it's kind of funny if you look at the table, I suppose, uh, there's every chance that the in the playoffs, uh, that first playoff game will be in Sydney against Western Sydney Wanderers, the way the league looks at the moment. Yeah, obviously that's how it's uh, shaping up currently. But, um, you know, I wouldn't, I'm not a betting man, but I'm sure there'll be loads of ups and downs in these last two games. I think so, so many teams have got so much to play for. I think Western Sydney still can get a chance at second. Central Coast, obviously, are, are pushing. And then there's obviously a host of teams who can finish um, fifth or sixth. So, you know, we obviously want to finish as high as we can. That's currently in fifth. But, you know, there's so many twists and turns that will, will happen throughout the, the 90 minutes to come. You know, Western Sydney will try and finish high. We want to get as close to them as possible. And, you know, like you put, you're right. If, if, if it stays how it is, then this could be, um, this could be a sort of, of uh, a practice match for a, a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you can't really afford to look at it like that, but at the same time, that must be in the back of your mind and there might be things that you you think about from this game that you can take forward. No, like you just said, we, we, we can't afford for one second to, to look at it or to even think of it like that. We've got to go ahead and get the job done and try and win the game, which which we'll be, we'll be going to do. Um, I think maybe if, you know, fast forward two games and that is the case, Potentially, then you, you will look back on this game because it is so recent. You know, the game earlier on in the season will have you know less relevance because the teams change. They've had new signings. We've, um, you know, it, it's too far to go. It's too far away to go to um, to sort of relate to. But this game will be, you know, being round twenty five. It'll be fresh in our memories, and teams aren't going to change that much. So, yeah, if we do get to that stage, I'm sure we'll look at this. But it's it's not being in our thinking whatsoever because it's it's too crucial to to think ahead. Uh, are you surprised that Marcelo is available for this game, mate? I mean, given what he got banned for, I thought he'd get longer than two weeks. Yeah, I actually thought initially it was three games that would obviously rule him out of this game, but uh, well, listen, it's out of our control. Yeah, I, I was probably surprised. It was the first time he'd done it this season. He'd done it against us in Wollongong. I think he'd done it again in between. So, yeah, I thought it was quite a lenient um Meaning punishment, especially when you know you look at what Jan Sasko throws early on in the season for something that was a complete and utter accident. Um, yeah, but listen, we can only control what we can control. Who they have available to them is is, is up to them. And like I said, you know, as as players, we can only focus on, on bringing our bringing our A game and putting in a good performance and hopefully getting three points. Who's the biggest pest in the Wellington Phoenix squad, mate? Who are you telling to you know when you wander out there? You go, just get under his skin, you'll lose his head. In our squad, yeah. Who's the biggest pest? Who would you put on Marcelo to wind him up to get him to lose his head? We know he's got he, he's uh, got it in him. I think yeah. I think I think hopefully Zavada can um, can hopefully cause us some problems from a physical point of view. And um, David Ball obviously will play up front. Costa Barbarossa's we've got pace that he won't like. Uh, Bolly will pick clever positions up that he won't like. But you know, I think I remember. I remember in the in the previous game, uh, Payne he was marking him from set pieces and. Um, he was getting right under his skin. He, he, he obviously wanted to be be uh, physical and aggressive, and and he ended up lashing out to think of Paney, which caused the um, caused a bit of a ruffle at the end of the game. So listen, we're not going to we're going to go into the game to try and win fair and square, of course, play our football and, and see where it takes us. But you know, 
he has got a bit of a reputation as uh, someone who's got a bit of build discipline. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, uh, yeah, I'd imagine Payne. You wouldn't want it. You wouldn't want a room with Payne, would you? He'd get under your skin pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually have room with him a couple of times last season. He's a good lad, but yeah, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> mate. Uh, what about uh, from from your point of view? Uh, look at this team um, loaded with attacking talent. Who are you looking at that you know that you need to keep an eye on? You know, the, for that full ninety minutes, and you can't switch off. I think obviously the obvious one is Brandon Barello. He, he seems to be the one who's, who's banging form for him at the minute. Uh, even scoring for Australia, he, he's, he's scoring goals every week for them. But I, I don't think they the way they play. They don't appear to have a direct number nine who. Who you'll be up against constantly for ninety minutes. They seem to float about and on the room around and try and cause you problems in that way. But listen, he's the obvious name. He's um, for them this season. He, he's the one in form. He's the one who, who they look to as the talisman. So he, he, you know, he's the foot on the forefront of your mind that you're going to need to keep quiet and get tight to in order to stop them, stop them scoring. Yeah, I mean, and that's that is the key. Uh, you know, managed to stop the uh, staunch the bleeding a little bit, if you like. That two-all draw against uh, the Raw last weekend after, after three losses on the bounce, but that did, you know, from a fan point of view, watching it, uh, I was like, I almost felt like a bit of a loss because we had so many chances. We, you know, could have scored four or five and didn't quite put them to the sword when it was two-one. Yeah, it does. It does feel feel exactly like like a loss, like you just said. You know, when you. You know, listen. They had a couple of chances, probably one good chance in each half. But the goals that they've scored again, one is a, a penalty, which is a, you know a sloppy mistake from us, something that we didn't need to do. And then obviously we get ourselves back in the game. We we scored a really good goal. We dominated in the second half. I thought we played really well. And like you said, we, we, we could have scored four or five, maybe even six. We had that many good chances on, on a different day. Uh, you know, that game is four-one. It's completely done. But while there's only a one-goal margin in, in the game. Um, you know, there's always a chance for the opposition to, to get a set piece goal or a lucky breakaway, or it doesn't matter how dominant you've been. If you don't put teams to the sword, you always leave yourself open to, to get punished. And I think we've we've done it a couple of times this season. Essentially, I think Central Coast away, we we, we went great. We we hung in the game. They missed some chances, and it gives you hope as the opposition, knowing that the other team are missing chances. You think, listen, we only need one chance, and we can get something out of the game. And you know that's what Brisbane did. They, they, they had a, a set piece that they. You know they they talk and, and you come away from it a lot, a lot more disappointed. Obviously not having took the three points that would have been good for us. But listen, we're still fifth um, in our hands, so we've just got to go in this game very positive, focusing on getting the three points. Yeah, a hundred percent, man, hundred percent. And you know it's been a big week for the club too. You know, uh, not only is uh, we know that Ufuk's leaving, but we know who's taking over next year. Uh, and from your point of view, it must be, uh, I guess, a bit of. I don't know if relief's the right word, but it's good to know. It's comforting to know you're going to be in a safe pair of hands and a pair of hands, you know, it's not uh, some unknown quantity coming in. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's good for everybody. I think it's a great appointment from the club for them reasons. Um, I think it's great, obviously, for Chiefy that he, he already has a, a full idea of the squad. He's been involved in all the, the recruitment processes throughout the last four years. You know, obviously, all the players that are, are technically his players and the current manager's players. Uh, so he, it's easy for him making decisions rather than, you know, like you say, a fresh manager coming in who wants to see everyone, wants to make his own mind up, wants to watch games back and all these things. So I think, you know, there's going to be no better in period for for the players and for the manager. We can hit the ground running in pre-season straight away because, it's, like you say, nothing's new. There's no freshness. 
um, in terms of ideas or, or um, I mean, sorry, I'm sure there's going to be fresh ideas, but Chief Yordi will have a just as good of that idea of the playing squad as anyone else, especially a, a new person coming in. So, yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm really pleased for him. I'm delighted for him. Um, and I think it's a really good appointment from the club. Yeah, uh, 100%, mate. I, I couldn't agree more. What, what about, uh, you know, obviously he's his own person as well, um, Chiefy. Um, how do you think things might change in terms of style? I, I know he's worked with Ufi for a long time, so that there'll be probably more similarities than differences. But having been in some of his sessions, do you think there's anything he might look to change for next season? I, I honestly have no idea. That we, we won't know that probably till next season. And like you say, you know, I'm, I'm sure um, he might tweak things ever so slightly because he is his own man. Yeah, he's, he's worked with Uppy um, now for for four seasons, so I'm, I'm pretty sure to be as assistant, he doesn't completely disagree with everything that's got on. But he is also his own man. He might, you know, tweak that think here or there. I'm sure the philosophy isn't going to change too much because, like I say, if you're a manager, you want staff. Um, all singing off the same hymn sheet, which I'm sure, I'm sure Uffy and Chiefy have done. So you know, I can't see wholesale changes. I can just see you know, little tweaks here or there, and um, to carry on the, the you know the brilliant work that, that Uffy has done. Yeah, yeah, mate. I'm uh, looking forward to uh, seeing what he does. But obviously, we've got the season uh, to get through first. There are a couple of games left before we hit the playoffs. Um, next season, um, we will have, I guess, some continuity, not only with Chiefy, but I think we've got 12 players signed for next season, including four of the five imports. And they're working on Callan Elliott and a few others. So do you feel like uh, it's going to be much of a transitional season or do you think it'll the continuity will be there? No, I think you just said it. You know, we've got a large, large group of players already locked in for next season. Um, a lot of them players, you probably will class starting players as well. So, um, yeah, hopefully the continuity, the, the more building of relationships, the longer time spent together. Obviously, now a lot of the new managers as well. I, I personally think in, in football, with so much change and, and so much constant transition with shell lives of managers and player contracts. I personally think it's a very, very good thing heading into next season. But, you know, like you said, we've got huge games coming up now and we don't want to write the season off yet. We've got a real bit between our teeth to finish the season well and once you hopefully get into the playoffs and then once you get into the playoffs, you know, who knows what can happen as, as we saw last year with Western United. Yeah, yeah, mate. Um, uh, looking forward to uh, that. Looking forward to this weekend, of course. And looking forward to tomorrow morning, uh, Manchester United in, in Seville. Um Blew a 2 0 lead with a couple of ugly own goals uh, in the first leg. Got a few injury issues, mate. What do you think is going to happen in Seville tomorrow morning? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough game. Really, really tough. Them places, when you're going away, them places in Europe are incredibly tough. I think Seville have done incredibly well in that competition as well. I think they, they see that as a, a competition that they always, always go to the, go deep into it. So, and uh, again, with the history they've got, added with the injuries. Man United currently have got um, I, I think it'll be a huge huge victory if they can get through that game and, and into the next round into the semi-finals so yeah fingers crossed they can do it but it won't be easy No it will not be mate that is for sure uh, and and just on that because you know Harry Maguire I'm, I'm not his biggest fan but I thought he copped a lot of unnecessary <laughs> stick after that own goal. You're not the only one, are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I, I didn't think that that own goal was his fault. He was doing what most guys in that position would have done. He, he was trying to block a shot. It just didn't go for him. Well, where, where are you on that one? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Listen, he, he's come in for a lot of criticism over the last couple of years. Um, 
And, you know, there is a part of me that does feel a little bit sorry for him because I'm with you, Ricardo. I don't think he's at the calibre of a Man United player. But ultimately, that's not really his fault. He didn't sign himself. He didn't pay £18 million for himself. So with that comes such a big added pressure. And, you know, he's he's coming to the club. People are looking at the likes of Vidic, Ferdinand, Bruce, Pallister, Yapsen, all these brilliant centre-backs that Man United have always had. And then you pay the same money or just even more money than that you pay for Maguire and you did for Van Dijk and you look at what he's achieved over the similar time period and there's all these constant comparisons and he's judged so highly and, and I, I just don't think he's capable of, of anywhere near them level so you know like I say part of me does feel a bit sorry for him because I, I feel if he played to I don't know maybe a, a slightly lesser club like a Tottenham or obviously he was already at Leicester I think you know people would be talking about what a, what a really really good player is but I think it just also highlights how difficult it is to, to, to play and be successful at a club like Man United. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, mate. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, where do you reckon he'll pitch up next season? Newcastle a chance? Well, uh, yeah, they were the other club I, I was sort of looking for. You know, a really, really good team. Because, he, he, listen, he is a really good player. But, you know, again, these top, top, the Man City's, yeah, Man United, Liverpool's, Arsenal's, these top, top teams. It's so so difficult to, to play for them. We can, every single mistake is scrutinised. It's shown worldwide in front of millions and millions of people. And uh, you know, also the style of play. You know, Man United. He's asked to stand on the halfway line, one v one with players who everyone knows are quicker than him. It's not a, a comfortable position to be in as a centre back. Whereas when he was at Leicester, and he's he's on the edge of his box and he's defending crosses. And when he plays for England, they also play in a similar way in the very deep and it's the more compact. It, he looks he looks a different player. So. Yeah, like I say, I think if he was to go to Newcastle or, or somewhere else, I think it wouldn't surprise you if, if in a year's time everyone going, oh, actually, Maguire's a really good player, but it's, it's just different. It is different. There's no denying that. Yeah, 100%, mate. All right. Hey, listen, thanks very much for your time, Scott. We'll let you go. Uh, best of luck at Western Sydney this weekend. No problem, mate. Ricardo. No fingers, worries. Fingers crossed you bring back the three points. Thank mate. you very much. Cheers.